0: Welcome back to How to Lack Commitment. My name's Susie Edge. I'm a medical doctor, historian, author and speaker. Whichever one of those you're looking for today, I prefer to see them all wrapped up in one bulging, dumpling kind of packet. I need to come up with a different way of putting that, don't I? But this is a diary podcast. I just need to talk things through because I left the hospital a few years ago and... Have gone on to do my own thing, writing books, creating online content, speaking. And on my mind, quite often, is this idea, this thing that somebody said to me once in the hospital. And that was, you know, your problem is that you lack commitment. And that irked me a little bit because it wasn't that I lacked commitment. I had commitment for lots of different things. That was the problem. Maybe I had commitment for their lifestyle their future. I looked at it and thought, I didn't want that. I have loads of ideas and things that I want to achieve and I couldn't do it in the constraints that was expected of me in the hospital. And so I left and I embarked on my own thing. And now here I am trying hard to, well, one of the goals I have is to achieve the same level of income that I would have had should I stayed in the hospital. And I I say that quite specifically that I would have had because obviously that the the salary of a hospital doctor goes up incrementally every year, although they're having a lot of problems at the moment. It was something that I that I had targeted if I was to work for myself. So we're not talking about going, oh yeah, this is my diary podcast about how I'm going to become a millionaire. Uh, It's none of that. This is how the actual practical reality of leaving one job and trying to make it in another is going to pan out over the next wee while, how it has been working and how it'll work into the future. I'm talking about where I can help contribute to my family's finances, where we can run the car, where we can heat the house, feed the children, buy clothes, you know, all these things which everybody seems to sometimes overlook when they think about doing my own thing and branching out and creating my own business and I'm going to make millions. And actually, a lot of those fail and For me, my first target, my first aim is to be at a point where I would have been where I was had I stayed in my hospital job. And so that's what I'm up to. That's where I'm at. So for this week on this diary podcast, advice to junior doctors looking to leave the NHS. That's something that's been in the news this week. And uh, I've got a few words to say about that. There's something that's been on my mind a little bit recently, uh, especially when I've been driving up and down the road, I have a lot of time in the car to drive up and down and think, uh, what else? An awful woman at a party, the story that I just have to tell. Uh, Accountability, that's another big thing that I'm going to talk about this week. So here we go. This week in the big wide world, Putin and Biden have been facing off. um, In Britain, Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister, he's been answering questions about Northern Ireland. And locally... Here, the village, I don't know, to be honest, because I've not left the house. I've hardly left the house because I've been really, really busy. I've been stressing about my book. The main priority at the moment is writing my book. And that's why I haven't been making the podcast You know, since Christmas, I guess, or before Christmas, because it has been a really sustained effort and it's been hard I'm not going to deny it I mean this is a diary so this is you know this is where I'm at it's been really hard I underestimated the effort and time that it was going to take and I think perhaps because I thought of it as going to be as easy as, as not easy is the wrong word it was going to be the same process as my first book and actually in terms of research and writing it's completely different no it's not completely different it's still a non-fiction book and oh what am I saying it's a different book and so i underestimated it i overestimated my ability when i look at how much time i've got i often count in days and i think about how much how many words i suppose i can get done in a day or how many chapters i can work on in a day and what i always forget to do is take out of the month of days the the days where i have to make a dash to school to pick up the children who are sick or i have to or we have to go to the city which is a whole day trip or somebody's invited us to a birthday barbecue or whatever, those life things I often forget to factor into uh, the amount of days that I have left in a project. And that's a lesson, that's a hard lesson that I've really only just properly learned this week because I've had to really take stock. One thing that was very helpful was that, see, the, the, the work in progress, has just been titled the chapters in it have been titled body parts so nose ears stomach feet whatever but that's really uninspiring and it didn't matter because I knew what was going on but I I was asked recently for a chapter list breakdown because this was going to go on to somebody else from the publisher and I had to sit down and take stock and come up with decent chapter titles and that was quite fun But it also made me do this, this high up, this 30,000 feet view of everything and see where I was at. And that was a really, really useful thing to do. It was, it was, I'm not going to say forced upon me, but it it was, um, it probably wasn't something I would have done so soon with, with all of that was going on. So I was able to do that. I'm going to have to go and get a drink. uh, So I'm going to pause for a second I'm back. I've got a cup of tea. I was gallantly fighting there, but once, once a, a tickly throat starts when you're talking, there's not a lot you can do about it, and, and apart from stop and go and, get a, go and get a drink. So we've got one now. So yeah, 30,000 foot view of the book and where we're at, and now I'm much happier about it, and I'm able to move on from there. Probably a good time to talk about accountability then, which I mentioned in the intro. I found that I was really struggling because I wasn't finishing to a point where I would be happy with someone to read what I'd done. Because what I was doing was I was working really hard, I was working on chapters, but then getting to the end of the day, closing my laptop, going to bed, getting up the next day and, and opening another chapter, a different one, and then realising later on that the first one hadn't been finished to a, to a standard that I was happy with. And that, that was a it just kept happening day in, day out, and I got really, really frustrated with myself. So I spoke to my agent, Emily, and I said, can we have some sort of system which makes me finish to a standard that I'd be happy for someone else to read a chapter or whatever I was working on that day? Can I send it to you like that? Uh, You don't even have to read it. I just want it at a point where it's going to be shareable with others I'd be happy to share it with others rather than close it down say that'll do and then moving on to something else because obviously you still have to deal with it you still have to come back and deal with it so she said yes absolutely send them to me of course I'm going to read them (laughs) so she's been reading and um, making suggestions and edits and everything as well so that's been that's been really really great that's accountability that's somebody else affected by what you do and somebody else seeing what you do and you know, there's no shouting. There's no... She doesn't pick up the phone and say, where's the next one? What are you doing? I haven't seen it for a day or what have you. There's none of that. It's it's just, well done. What's next? This is good. What's next? Keep going. Glad it's working. Somebody else there makes a huge difference. And the thing about writing is that everyone talks about how writing is a solitary process. and it. But it has to be solitary. I was not at home the last two days. I was somewhere else. And I was trying to do a bit of work. But there was somebody else there who kept talking to me, and you can't, you can't take things in, and well, you can't take things in well, and make decisions, and change, and and create, and process, etc. When somebody else is talking to you about something completely different, it's just really hard. The writing has to be solitary. But also, ultimately, it has to be read by somebody else. And, and I need, I just found that I needed that accountability partner. So if you're doing something, if you're creating something, if you feel like you're not finishing, maybe that's the way to go. Find somebody you can send these things to, even if they're not going to read them. The, the, the chance that they might read them <laughs> helps. But if you can find somebody who can send a finished product to. And when I say finished, I don't mean that's it, polished, beautiful, take it out into the world. I mean at a point where somebody else, at a point where you'd be happy for somebody else to read it and look at it. Because that's ultimately where it's going. But when you get to that point, that's a good time to send it to someone else. And so I have found that accountability has worked wonders for me in the last few weeks with, with this particular project. And in actual fact, it's made me realise that that's always been the case with me. And then, you know, I had this discussion with my husband. He goes out, he's a mountaineer, and he will make plans, and he is far more likely to carry them through if, if he's ar- arranged to go in with someone else. He's less likely to call off if he knows that somebody else is packing their kit and planning to meet them in a cold and windy rainy car park at silly o'clock in the morning and that's how he gets out sometimes when it is cold and dark and windy and because getting out over the over the front door through the front door and getting out is the hardest part isn't it because because otherwise you wouldn't do that sport that you do you wouldn't do wouldn't be a mountaineer if it was utterly shit the whole time but getting out the door and doing it is is the hardest bit and sports the same of course if you have if you have a a team sport or or a sport where you are doing it with somebody else not letting them down for some people is is a really big motivator and it seems to work really really well for me to that end i went and knocked on my gp's door the other day that's a lie i was there already for something else but when i was there i said look can i just come in once a week and jump on your scales i do it at home I keep an eye on my weight at home, but it, I'm struggling. And I'm struggling with that. I know why. I know how and I know why. But for some reason, I just, when I jump on the scales at home, I go, yeah, that's interesting. And and it's it's, I don't know, I'm not acting on it the way I should be acting on it. Now, I am not the sort of person to attach any sort of morality proxy to weight. I know how and I know why, and I know how and I know how to fix it. It's just a question of just bloody doing it. Being accountable to somebody else has made this last week incre- so much easier. So much easier. Now, I know that some of you might be freaking out right now because your GP practice is maybe very, very, very busy, and the idea of something that I could do on my own without them horrifies you. However, I invite you to imagine living in the highlands in the middle of nowhere where the GP practice is small and accessible and where actually I'm not creating any work for anybody. They're there. The receptionist is there at this particular time that we've arranged for me to go in. I can jump on a scale and record my weight and neither the GP nor the nurse nor anyone else has to be there. But the fact that I am going down to do it and that I have that on my mind does help. It also helps that actually, looking out of my kitchen window, I look at the 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 house, doctor's house. <laughs> His house is like, it's not next door, but it's at the end of our garden and beyond. So, whenever I'm in the kitchen munching on some crappy food, <laughs> I can like, I can imagine, I imagine him looking there, he looking back at me like, "What are you doing?" I mean, he can't. I don't think they can actually see. We well, can't see into their house, so I doubt they can see into ours. But I know it's there. There's some sort of weird psychology thing going on there as well, that accountability it can be seen. Anyway, so that's a, that's something that I'm going to be doing as well, is jumping on the scales. I have this list of 50 things to do before I'm 50, and I went looking for it a couple of days ago, because I know there's a couple of things that I can tick off. I can, well, not tick off, but colour in the box. <laughs> As all medics will understand that one, but I can I can colour in that little box of of um, new things I've done. I went looking for the sheet, but now it's on a sheet of paper, my big white sheets of paper that that you know from my TikTok videos. I haven't seen it since I moved my working space, since so I built a working space at the bottom of the garden, and I haven't seen it since then. So I know it's out there amongst my papers, you know, on a shelf or in a drawer. The thing is. I'm not going to go looking for it. And the reason why is because that's procrastination. I'm not going to procrastinate by searching every bit of paper in my study. And <laughs> you know, I'll find it on a day when I've not got a, a deadline coming. I mean, you might question why it is that I'm sitting recording this podcast at this time. But this is something that I need to do. You know, I can't be writing all the time. I need to take a break and do something and, else and... Talking like this helps me work through things. But anyway, going looking for that fifty things to do before I'm fifty is a little bit of procrastination, considering it's another um, five, six years until I am fifty. So the reason I mentioned that is because on there, you know, I was talking about my weight a minute ago, and it made me realise that. I mean, I, a few years ago, I was just got really, really fit and I lost a lot of weight. My body composition was really much better than it is now. And because of all that's happened over the last few years, it's gone wry. And that really good glucose utilising muscle that will help me get off the floor if I fall over and help me into old age has been replaced by fat. My body composition is not good. But of course weight was a was a thing on my list of 50 things to do before I'm 50 was to get down to a target weight. And what I hadn't realized when I wrote that was that that is a fluid thing. It goes up and down and of course that I could tick that box, but it doesn't mean to say that I wouldn't shift out of that particular goal at some point. So, I guess <laughs> I guess the the goal, the goal has to be a solid one, doesn't it? It can't be something that I can dip in and out of. Well, maybe it can. Maybe I just have to accept that, or I have to make a new goal. Maybe that should be one of permanent body composition, or I I don't know how to rephrase it now. But it should. It certainly shouldn't be weight, It's particularly as as I'm very muscly when I'm fit, and my weight doesn't change enormously, but my body composition does. Anyway, um, so so that was accountability, and it also made me think about that goal. The goal of weight loss is I mean, it's commendable but but it's not it's not one that um that is just going to tick the box and walk away and never think about that one again not like write a book get a black belt those things which i've ticked off recently that you can't take those away from me now <laughs> they're done but this is this is something that's a bit more fluid so i'm going to have to have a rethink about that particular goal and see how i can change that i mentioned earlier advice to junior doctors about leaving the nhs Do I have any advice for junior doctors about leaving the NHS? It ain't easy. I saw a news report yesterday, and it was quite a long one, and they were interviewing doctors who were unhappy, who were thinking about leaving, or ones who had left, and what they were going off to do other things. And I've done that. I've walked away. It really isn't easy because of the response that you get from other people. The the response that you get from other people can be very strange. There are doctors who can be jealous and say weird things to you and I think it just comes down to their own insecurities and jealousies. But there are other people who are outside of the profession who don't understand, who say things like all that training wasted. My answer to those people is always, maybe it's flippant, but it's always the same, is that you do not want when you are lying on a hospital bed with a doctor with their fingers in one orifice or another... You don't want them standing there wishing they were somewhere else. You want them to be concentrating on what they're doing, happy with what they're doing, knowledgeable, up-to-date, understanding. You don't want their minds to be thinking, God, I really hate this and wish I was elsewhere. And so if you come across a doctor who is no longer a doctor, you need to give them a bloody break. Because otherwise, where would they be? They'd be in the hospital doing those things that you don't want them to be doing because because their heart's not in it and their mind's not in it. So I always say that, that's always my response. My advice would be be prepared, understand how you're going to deal with all those negative people. One argument is to say those comments are all about them, just ignore them, it's none of their business. I'm one of those people who very much leans into not caring what other people think in that regard. Don't care what they think, let it go over your head. But at the same time you still have to hear and see the comments. You still have to deal with that family member who will ask you when you're going back to your proper job and you'll still have to deal with that particular family member who doesn't understand who because because there's this culture around medicine and doctors that this is a profession that not many people get to do which is true that not many people are smart enough to do which is true not many people have the educational opportunities or the finances and that's true it's revered and it shouldn't be, but it is. And therefore, people think it is a right of theirs to have a comment. And, and and the thing about it is that doctors are trained within an NHS environment, and you can't train initially without being in that NHS environment. And therefore, people see, it, see doctors as their possession, that they're right, that they have paid for. And therefore, they have uh, uh, an entitlement to comment. I met one of these people at a party once. This woman cornered me, quite literally cornered me in this living room at a party, a house party. It wasn't a party that, it wasn't a group of people who I knew particularly well. It was a club that my husband was involved in. So I knew one or two people and that was actually through work because it's not a big city. And anyway, I was cornered by this woman who I can only describe as being really smug she was a lot older than me she was retired retirement age she was on her own she just laid into me she said I've paid for your education and therefore I am entitled for you to be available as a doctor 24 hours a day how dare you work part-time which is what she was going on about she wasn't even talking about me leaving the NHS at this point we were talking about the fact that I was working part-time because I had children, and she was not happy with that. For a start, she actually told me that women should not be allowed to be doctors because of our obligation to family. But if we chose to do it, and if she had paid for it, then she was entitled to my attention 24 hours a day. Uh, I was absolutely flabbergasted, to the the point where I couldn't even argue with her because I, I didn't even know if she was having a laugh with me at this point i was actually rescued by a very articulate physiotherapist who i knew uh, <laughs> who i knew from work who saw what was happening and actually i think she had heard this conversation before from this this argument before from this woman because she saw what was happening and she came and rescued me but yeah I, you have to deal with people like this who think that they have an entitlement because of this nature of of training within medicine. That's one of the reasons why I jarred with it a lot, because there was no other choice. If you want to do that, you have to do it within the the confines of the NHS, or go somewhere else in the world, which, which wasn't something that I could do. But yeah, if you're thinking about leaving the NHS, it's a big step. As a doctor, you have to leave, and unless you're well qualified further up the chain, in which case you can go and do your own thing in terms of functional medicine or private practice but if you're a junior doctor you really are shackled to that or you can break free but you have to go and start again at the bottom and do something else and you have to be prepared for that and there's only a certain amount of calling yourself a doctor that will help you that will open doors you have to start afresh and you have to start something new and that's fine But my advice would be be prepared for all the weird stuff that you're going to come up against. People and their opinions can be really very strange. There's something that's been on my mind a little bit lately. And it's something that I haven't thought through to the end yet. But it's something I've been wondering about. And that is whether or not I do this particular thing which annoyed me about somebody else. And this somebody else is a woman that I used to work with. The dog is snoring really, really at it now. So sorry about that. But I'm not going to wake up. Anyway, this woman I used to work with, she was senior. She was senior to me. She was very smart. She had worked very hard for many years to get into this position. And she deserved what she had, 100%. But she wasn't very nice to work with. And it was it was frustrating because... We potentially had a lot in common, but actually when she walked into the room, I could feel the hairs go up on the back of my neck. I just wanted to tell her to get lost, and I never did, because she was senior to me, and I don't know there's a certain amount of, well, these people are like that, which is, which is yeah. Anyway, so I didn't like her. Should we put it that way? She She deserved everything she had. She had worked exceptionally hard. She was very good at what she did, but personally, on a personal level, I didn't like her. And I didn't particularly like it when she was around or in the room or if I had to work with her one to one. And the reason for that was the way she spoke to people, the way she interacted with not just me, but the people around us, the the way she interacted with. okay, listen, I used to work in the hospital. I can't I can't keep this as confidential as I'd like. But I, I didn't like the way she interacted with the other staff or the people who, you know, our clients, should we put it that way? One day this woman took part in a television show, a very successful British television show. She was very impressive, not going to lie, very impressive for what she was doing. It was a very stressful environment that she was in. And at one point she was asked, I can't remember the what, what it was specifically that she was asked, you know, what do you want, what do you need, what do you want from life or whatever. And and she she blurted out, I just want people to like me. And I was really taken aback because to me she was really successful. She'd achieved a lot. She had done the thing at the time that I was trying to do. She was she was exceptionally fit, which is another thing that's important to me. I just think we we had so much in common in terms of what what she was into. And then she said this thing, which to me was the one major problem that she had, that she treated people so badly that I didn't like her. And I'm not asking whether or not I treat people badly. Therefore, do people not like me? That's not what I'm asking at all. I'm asking, is there a thing that I do which goes against what I really want? Because in that really stressful environment, in that difficult moment, in that, in that point where she was really put to it and she was asked, she was, I just want people to like me. That was the truth. That was the deep down truth of it all. So why the hell do you behave in the way that you behave? Why would you? Treat people in that way, and 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 is it is it? I don't like it when people say sabotage. I think it's a it's often used badly. That word, sabotaged yourself. I don't like that. But she was doing something. She was doing something day in day out that had the opposite effect of what deep down inside she really wanted to achieve. And I've been questioning: Do I do that? And if I do that, what is it? What is that thing that I do? And that's just superficial at the moment. I say I've been questioning it. It's really superficial. I need to, I need another car journey <laughs> to sit down and have a think about, is Is there something that I really, really care about? And how is it that I might be going about it the wrong way? How is it that I might be doing the opposite? How is it that I might find that one thing that I really care about and get back to it? So that's it. Maybe I have to have a think about what are the things that I really, really care about, the goals that I have, the things I want and want to achieve and how is it i might be working against them because it obviously happens i never i that was actually only a couple of days that that thing only happened a couple of days before i left that role and never saw her again so maybe maybe she's reflected and changed as well i doubt it but you know maybe maybe she doesn't need to maybe everything else is working just fine but you know we got we got to the truth i think and and i want to make sure that there aren't things that i really really want that i'm not oh, i don't want to say it sabotaging so this is where we are i'm going to have a think about changing the name of the podcast to something that i don't have to explain so hard <laughs> every time i mention it junior doctors if you're going to do it if you're going to leave do it but just have a think about how you how you might manage all of those expectations from other people. What's been on my mind lately? What am I doing to get in the way of what I really, really want? Accountability, that's been big in the last couple of weeks and will continue to be big for me going forward. And the book, I'm just going to go back to the book. Today, I'm writing about scurvy. (laughs) You know, I love scurvy. I just, I mean, I actually, I think, I think I might want to write a whole book about scurvy. (laughs) I don't know how. I don't know how. That it's a bit niche, isn't it? I don't think that'd go well, down well with my publishers because that's it's not jumping out with the idea of worldwide popularity, is it? A book about scurvy, but maybe <laughs> maybe with my persuasion techniques, I might be able to convince everybody that what they really want to read about is um, bleeding, swollen gums and teeth falling out and skin blackening and falling off. Anyway. I'd best get back to my book in the meantime you can find me on TikTok although I've been a little bit quiet because I've been working hard on TikTok at SuzyEdge, on Instagram at Suze.edge, on Twitter at SuzyEdge. Edge I'm still having a be real ban <laughs> but you can find me on YouTube as well if you're listening to this on YouTube thank you so much if you're listening to this on podcasts Thanks. then uh, again thank you but please, please do have a think about listening on youtube and to my other videos on youtube because i'd really like to get the figures up for that so that i can start i can start earning from it i know it comes down to that in the end but that's what it is subscribe follow like do all those things rate and review i'd really really appreciate it and if you want to throw me a couple of beans to keep my throat in working order for the next podcast you can do so at ko-fi so that's ko.fi slash Suzy Edge. Bye for now.